Where's Paul? Morning. Wait. Morning? Good afternoon. Yes, afternoon. Barely. I mean, the time change really messed everything up. Ah, no. Fall is the best time change. It's You get an hour back in your life. It's an extra hour to do stuff and mostly to sleep. Mm-hmm. That was what I did with my hour. <laughs> yes, that is probably what I ended up doing with my hour, too. Yeah. How are you? Cool. I'm pretty good. Good. You ready to start our season two? Yeah. <laughs> we're calling Unofficially? Um, no, I think it'll appear in, like, channels within season two but technically i don't know i know it makes sense i need to figure out how i want to label the episodes i might still label them with the same like number going up that way it's pretty clear how many we have not sure that's your call we'll see um we'll see after this how i'm feeling um (laughs) cool so did we say we were gonna try to keep them shorter too or am i remembering that you're not remembering i I mean i can do either you're not remembering that correctly two three hours so no no, i'm not saying we're doing i'm not saying we're doing like a three-hour chat so um well i have two hours so we could do almost that we could yeah now let's uh let's go through all our topics and when we're done our topics and it feels good then we can we'll do our recap okay because i still like that recap Mm-hmm. It's useful. I'm gonna let you go first. Get me? Oh, I was about to ask you to go first. <laughs> um, nope, you do it. Okay, so like I like we said in our last trailer thingy, Majogger is um, <laughs> God, I haven't said that in a while. I uh, is we each like have a list of things that happened over the month or that like we thought about a lot and we like bring to the podcast just to talk about that are more like bigger ideas or just life things or just stuff we want to talk about that we've seen, read, listened to, heard thought about explored is that a good recap yeah okay so basically like and we each have a list and so i'll start on my list uh one thing i like i thought about a lot is how like my mind was very busy with lots of things going on and how i needed to take more time just to like do nothing and almost to be bored um doing nothing and the idea of doing nothing is like, you're just there thinking to yourself. So it's, it's less like meditation, nothing, and more like go for a walk and don't bring your phone, nothing. Um, it's like, mm. and, and, and not, and don't bring like headphones. Cause like technically like you can listen to music, listen to books, like do a bunch of other stuff. And you're thinking about that. You're not thinking about other things. Whereas if you're thinking about other things, you can kind of like, you kind of need that space to like figure out problems in your life or figure out like what you're thinking or how you're feeling. And, your mood and kind of going through all that so that's kind of what I felt like I wasn't on square one and I was like there were all these inputs that were all over the place and I found it helpful to just go for walks and think to myself about stuff so you realized you were missing that and then you filled in the gap would you say yeah you and tried to fill in the gap well filling in the gap's not a good analogy it's more like getting rid of filling in the gap and making the gap okay. empty. <laughs> um fair, but fair. yeah yeah no but the idea is what you kind of said the idea is um how can I to use your analogy like fill the fill that in my life and I feel like I've done that in the past but I felt like recently it's been a little bit chaotic in terms of I'm always doing something and not giving enough time to like think about things if that makes sense Mm -hmm. no that makes a lot of sense I actually kind of had a similar thing this morning where I was making my to-do list and um I do this thing now when I really feel like I'm going to need help being productive where I do 45 minute blocks of work, okay. like one task in each block mm-hmm. and then 15 minutes to like 
get a snack, get more coffee, look at something else, and then go on to the next task. Um, And it's kind of nice because you can typically do a decent amount of something in 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just feels less stressful than like, let's do this as quick as I can to get onto the other things. It's like, no, this is a priority. This gets time. Um, But I sort of, the things on my list today were really... It wasn't like reading and taking notes. It was think, brainstorm, reflect. And it was really hard to like make, assign myself time to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but also really sad, like you said, to realize that, I mean, I have however many hours there are in a week and that I haven't been, like I've been putting off things that are just thinking about it. And you'd think at some point this week, I would have, you know, thought about these three things. And instead it's like, no, I've been too busy that I'm too busy thinking about other things or doing other things. Um, but yeah, it is kind of a, a little different in that those aren't really thinking about like in order to make progress on something, I need to just stop and like, think about it and not be actively like working on it but actively just like letting it run through my mind um no it makes total sense I think like go ahead I definitely think there's something with what you said about walking too because like if I'm watching Netflix in my bed or doing reading in my bed and then I say okay time for 45 minutes of like doing nothing and sitting there it's not the same I think as walking um something I realized I had did my first I guess second hike in a while um and being outside literally the minute I started walking I had this like vivid idea for this like poem or this story and it sort of struck me oh wow I haven't had that sort of creative like imagination spark in a while and I think part of it is just seeing the same things in lockdown doing the same things um having other things to think about that are in front of you and like not moving that the minute I was like seeing something new, moving about anything else, I sort of having ideas and thoughts that um like diff- does that I guess thoughts is the wrong way to put it. Yeah, I and thinking. I think, but like I feel like staying still is too much. Like and trying to think about something is too like like you need to be doing something to like that way it feels like you're doing something. But walking is something that like you literally can ha- your mind can wander completely and you can still like. It can still be auto. You're still an auto drive. What? I said, and you can wonder. It's just. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a good idea. I need, I also, maybe I'll start doing that too. And I think walking is like also like it actually gets the blood moving in your head faster and you actually think more clearly. And I'm sure there's science behind that. I can't say that for sure, but I feel that way. Um, Cause I felt, I find when I go for a run, or I do like more intense exercise, I can't think as well. Like, like, I feel like the energy in my blood is going to like my muscles and not my head. And like enough's going to my head to keep doing what I'm doing. But I feel like I think a lot more clearly when I'm walking than when I'm staying still or when I'm running, if that makes sense. Do you feel like when you're working out, like you said, like not walking, you're in kind of a trance? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Although I could be in a trance too, walking, but it's more of a trance intellectually than physically, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like in terms of what I'm thinking about, like I could get lost in a something and then all of a sudden like 
five minutes later, I look up and I'm like, shoot, I'm like three blocks farther from where I last remember I was. And I don't remember <laughs> crossing any of the streets. Yeah, that um, like <laughs> but no, I it's... feel like running. This is interesting because I, I run a lot to process things, but it's different things than I would walking. Like it's more process emotions. Like I feel like when you're running, it's very obvious, like you can feel the emotion. Um, and sort of like See, run I think... through it or process it. But to me, it's like if I had, I mean, obviously a math problem is not what I have. But if I had like a process problem or something for school that I was trying to do, I don't know that running would like, like, for example, I really need to think about my thesis and just ruminate on it. And mm-hmm. I don't think running is going to help me. But I do think the fact that I'm stressed that I haven't thought more about my thesis, that would be a really good like impotence to run because I would no. be running about does that make sense the difference it makes total sense and I think process is different from how I think about it like I feel like I process things more when I'm like running but the the better weight is like I feel like it can be more creative when I'm uh, walking and just thinking and like letting things fall into place because like you naturally think about problems and or things in your life and like things you want to be better at or things you like are doing well or problems you're having and like the brain wants to come up with solutions like it and and I feel like by walking around and just like combining lots of different ideas in your head like you're more creative and you come up with interesting solutions that you not wouldn't wouldn't have thought of if you had just like if you're constantly doing stuff I'm a big fan of work smart don't work hard and I think you need to work hard as well but by working smart you can save yourself like so much time and I feel like the ways I can work smart happen when I'm like not thinking about anything else and or when I'm like when I'm not working on anything else and I can just let ideas come to me does that make sense mm-hmm. um so a good example is like at work if I'm working on a problem and I'm just like brute forcing trying to like fix it or make it work whereas by stepping back and thinking about it I actually usually will come up with better solutions because you'll figure you'll take a more symptomatic approach to it but you're also going to come at it from a new, maybe more creative direction and basically solve the problem in half the amount of time you would have otherwise, or even, even more than that. Um, so, and it's the same kind of thing where people are like, Oh, I'm going to like think about a problem before I go to sleep and think of some of the answers. Or it's the same thing as when someone's like, I need to take a break working on this and come back to it with a fresh set of eyes. Um, and I think that's similar to where I was like, God, when I'm similar to the idea of just like giving yourself more time to think to oneself as opposed to making sure your life is busy, busy, busy and filled up. And people, people might be hearing this and be like, Oh, my life isn't filled up. But I'm like, Hey, when you're not doing anything, are you like on your phone, just like playing games or texting people or like going on social media? Cause that's doing something. Um, When I say do doing nothing, I mean like, like going for a walk and, not having any earbuds in and just like thinking to yourself about the surroundings and about life and about you. Um, I'm talking about like laying in bed before going to bed and just thinking. Um, and if that scares you, that's something that I would look into more. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That kind of ties into my first thing, if that's okay. Yeah, no, that, I, I'm done. So I, I want, that's a good tangent to your first yeah. thing. I want to talk about this documentary that you made me yeah, watch. It's on my list. But like only parts. It's of on it my list too. A lot. So what? There's a lot. Wh- so what parts mo- do you want to talk about? And I'll tell you what parts I want to talk about. And then we can like, and then you can start off. 
I don't know. The, I, I sort of have two things I want to say. So the movie, or the I guess, yeah, is The Social Dilemma. So if you had a topic and... sentence for each, what would the two topic sentences be or the two phrases? And then I'll do mine. And then we'll go into them. Um, one would be, t- I want to tie it back to the discussion we had when we read the book about habits. Okay. Like, if you realize that you have bad habits and maybe... I don't like the word addiction, but, like, it does talk about being addicted to social media. So, like, okay, what do you do when you say, oh, wait, maybe that's me. I want to talk about that. Um, And then the second thing is, like you said, putting things, um, sort of this, the default choice of how we spend our time, which actually might be very similar to the habit thing. Um, But basically, like... The default. No, what I like thoughts? that. I, I like that as does an that idea. Kind of... No, it does. That, that's a good topic. Sense. Okay. Like, what is the default choice of how we spend our time? That is, I don't think, an easy answer. That's a good discussion. Yeah, and oh, and yeah, it ties back in. So I'm obviously I'm not going to quote this movie by heart because I've seen it once. But one of the things that it said that you talked about in your last thing is um, social media is really accessible. Like literally a click away on our phones, which are. I'm going to say always on us because that's pretty true for me. And like, it's easy. It's click. And so the minute you have an emotion that you're not sure how to process, you don't want to process or you're bored, et cetera, fill in the blank. It's really easy. And um, it does become a habit. And I think that's a whole other discussion. Like this movie brings up a lot of the insidious ways that it was programmed to become such a habit and an unconscious addiction. Um, and that was really scary to me. It was like, oh no, it's not just that this happens to be really like easy to access. It's that they found ways to make it really what you, exactly what your your brain wants in ways that like you might not be able to understand. So, like you might think I'm choosing this, but it's actually tapping into like your psychology. Yeah. So anyway, so the two that's a whole kind of other. So, thing, so but... the two I wanted to talk about was addiction to our phones, which really goes into what you're talking about already and then fake news propagated by social media and again like if we have it and if we again if we haven't said it like this is the documentary the social dilemma it's on netflix lots of people are talking about it um and i'd recommend anyone to watch it even though it is a hard watch but it's also one of those watches where you're kind of like stuck watching it and it's like so intriguing you keep watching it it was my halloween horror movie a black black (laughs) mirror is an apt description of this documentary um but it's real so yeah and it's still a documentary it's not a uh like i guess they 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 do put on skits in it that are very uh black mirror-ish i guess yeah um but anyway the first thing i was saying is basically like when you have negative emotions like it's really easy to just kind of go to social media and not to deal with them and I want to tie this into a podcast I listened to that oh, now I'm going to forget the name. That's going to be embarrassing. I don't know. It was a while ago. Maybe you sent it to me, actually, about natural experiments that this pandemic is letting scientists do based on how it's changing things. And one of the things was someone who studies boredom was like, this is giving me so much more to study. So much more data. Because people are more bored now. Because people are, like, staying at home, hopefully, to be safe and not spread the pandemic. So it kind of made me laugh because when I was younger, I was so, so scared and mad every time I was bored. Um, and I think part of that was good, like, learning how to entertain yourself, learning how to be social, like, learning how to basically not be bored. Um, 
but at the same time just how much I hated it I think was probably a little over the top like I think I hated it more than any other negative emotion and boredom is also like they talked about this not necessarily negative because really I mean all emotions serve a purpose etc are neutral have whatever value you want but boredom is really like kind of the most neutral because it's right it's yeah you're just kind of bored um and if you've had a really long day like that might kind of turn into relaxing it might turn into stressful um it's kind of what you make of it so in that way like as an optimist I should be really kind of it should be more positive than negative in my mind I think logically it's this opportunity to like do something and this documentary is really scary because it basically was like yeah but then you're just going on social media and it's hard to watch it because as it progressed like at first you're like so what okay yeah so I am what's wrong with that and then it keeps kind of realizing more and more the implications of that choice so what did you get from it what were the implications you got from it that you saw as quite negative um well there are a lot but I think like there are different levels of like people's behavior different age groups um societal level was really scary but I think like I sort of watched it and then said, okay, well, I am not currently making laws about this industry. So there's a lot I can do on like the bigger levels, but I also was like, I have a phone. I have, I can make some choices here about what I'm going to do now that I've seen this. And those choices, the way that I think I'm going to go about it is literally write down a mission statement of why I'm on each social media that I choose to keep and putting like letting myself go on them because part of the other thing is I feel like people do go on social media you do go on it with guilt um like procrastination scrolling is not like a very exciting fun leisurely activity it's kind of stressful um and you kind of feel bad I think sometimes about being on social media and I don't want to do things that I'm choosing to do that I then feel bad about so my the way I'm hoping to go about this and I'm not going to say it's a solution I haven't even tried it but is really say, okay, do I want to delete this app, this account? And if not, why not? And then is that actually, like, how do I actually only use it for that reason? And limit the time I'm only using it to that reason. And also, can I recognize now more clearly when I go on it, like, is it because I'm bored? Is it because, like, like, I'm not going to, I'm hopefully not going to ignore the underlying thing. Because they do say, like, the implication might be that you just never really learned how to deal with that without having a, like, you don't realize, but that's how you deal with things. That's the cope. It's just a click of the button. And I feel like I don't want that. I want to know how to deal with my emotions. And so I think more broadly, like, thinking about that and then, like, it'd be too easy to say I'm going to delete all my social media because I'm not. But the excuses that I would make for not deleting them, I really want that to only be now what I use them for. Does that make sense? Makes total sense. I have a lot to say about everything follow-ups. Um, so, first of all, boredom. One thing, like, I read in Tim Ferriss's 4-Hour Workweek, which is really interesting, is his big takeaway is, what's the opposite of happiness? No, it's not sadness. Happiness and sadness are two sides of the same coin, right? Like, if you think about it, those emotions can be mixed a lot of the time. Um, but there's um, his big clincher is the opposite of happiness is like indifference. The opposite of happiness is boredom. Um, and I think 
I was just like you growing up. Like the worst thing I could imagine was being stuck in like timeout or stuck in jail and not being able to do anything. In other words, be totally bored and out and not have control over it. Um, however, I think the way to look around that at this conversation is to is to is exactly what you said, which is boredom is a emotion for a reason. Um, it is there to show you how to show you that you're in it. Um, and to get you out of it. Like it, it's like not something you want to be in all the time. So the way I look at that is like boredom is good in the sense that like it's an emotion that tells you it's like loneliness. Everybody's like, oh, loneliness is on the rise, which I think is bad. But I do think loneliness is the motivator to get out of loneliness and go find people to be around. Mm -hmm. um, I get similar with boredom. It's like, you shouldn't be, it's, and I think back in the day, like boredom was a good motivator to go out and do something. And nowadays, like there's always something to do. So in some ways we have to like, look at that and be like, oh, there's so many inputs. There's so much to do. It's so easy to, like you said, pull out your phone and go on social media or other apps that all of a sudden we no longer have boredom because like we don't have to have it. And I still think boredom's a useful feature of the, of humans to figure out what's important to do. And by doing everything all the time and always having something to do, we never really figure out the important things to do. We just are constantly doing something. And I feel like one way to screw it back to my, like, give yourself time to think to oneself, giving yourself time to think to oneself is putting yourself back in that boredom phase a little bit. And like, you can look at it as like a blissful thing, like, oh, I'm going for a walk and I can just enjoy nature. I can just enjoy and like, it's amazing how your brain switches really quickly. Even if you're walking in an urban environment, just getting outside and walking, like you're, I can feel my brain chemistry changing um, from compared to like being on a screen all day inside. Mm -hmm. And you like, by putting yourself back in that boredom, you reevaluate your life and see what's important and what's not important. And I feel like because it's so easy just to like go on apps, it's really hard to figure out what that conversation with yourself is because you're not really having a conversation with yourself. You're just an input device and you're getting inputted all this stuff from all these different factors. And uh, the one thing in this documentary that got me a lot is you've heard the phrase, um, like if you're not paying, if you're not, like if you're not paying for the product, you are the product. I had and never. That's heard one that thing. Like a lot of people until this. You had never. I've heard that a lot. Oh my god. Okay. Goodness. Well, I think it's. I, a, I think it's a men. I think it's a, that's why I pay for a lot of the apps that I use that are like, anyway. Um, but one thing that I think when they edit it and they're like, it's not that you're the product, it's that the product is your decisions, your maybe attention. Like, I think attention's too obvious, but your decisions, your future decisions and uh, thought patterns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. time's super important too but like the time is what converts into what's even more important which is your behavior exactly mm -hmm. it, it's and that's literally what they're doing they're offering companies to control people's massive behavior and let's be real that's what advertisement is right like like you put up a billboard a certain percentage of the population will see it and is more likely to buy that thing that's how advertisement works um the way if you put a million dollars into a, a online tv ads you're going to get x amount of sales if you put in two million you're going to get 2x amount of sales now whether or not that's profitable or not it like depends on a lot of other things but like the idea is like the more you put into advertising the more like your product flies off the shelves like that's just how ad advertising actually works right although 
everybody like looks at advertising and thinks they have enough willpower to control it and they do but on a massive scale you don't on on the orders of millions of people you don't um and it's because you see it over and over again it's because it convinces you it's because if you see an ad for mayonnaise and you see no other ads for mayonnaise any other type of mayonnaise and you're at the grocery store and you've never bought mayonnaise before guess what you're gonna buy the one you saw an ad for because it looks more familiar Mm -hmm. Um, and then you're always gonna buy that mayonnaise and all of a sudden that mayonnaise has made a lot of money off that small amount on that ad um at least for you saw versus everybody else um but the point is with social media now that everybody's on it and now that it's so addictive and now that like it's a lot easier to change people's minds even more towards certain things, I would argue, um, and really get people, yeah, on a certain train. Um, and what scares me about that is, like, okay, fine, politics and other and like ideas of how the humans, how humans be um, governed or how humans should be organized is a better way to put it, or how humans should act or think. And those ideas are a lot stronger because that changes the world. And when you change the world, like it's really, nobody knows like what they're going to, I feel like everybody, it's like blind dials. They're turning the blind dial and they're like, oh, I think the world would be better if we had more equity or, oh, I think the world would be better if we had more like free individual free decision. And everybody's trying to turn these knobs and controlling populations through like arguably the best control system we've ever had, which is everybody when they're bored can just pull out their phone and see all this stuff. And basically what I don't, I don't mind the fact that people are doing this. Like I think like that's human nature to do it. What I mind more the fact is they know what the result's going to be. They think they know what the result's going to be, but I don't think, actually do because i think it's too complicated to like know if i increase equity the world's going to be better does that make sense yeah and i think to tie off like two things you said like when you talked about what the product is this is kind of scary but i think it goes back to kind of what you were saying about like you need boredom to give you time to decide what your priorities are the product is them making this your priority like not obviously like all the time 24 yeah, 7 that's a really... maybe not even consciously yeah but like that's a good point. the amount of time and attention and investment and like you prioritize it when you're bored maybe or when you you know are procrastinating but it becomes a priority because people are paying to make maybe not because you actually are prioritizing it and the other thing that i think is interesting about boredom and social media is like i have all these social medias on my phone I guess I just delete them all. I did. I would still get bored. Like, I don't think it's effective. Yeah, but I think Not most being... social medias have, have come up with this idea of the endless scroll. It makes it a little bit harder. No, I mean, I think it makes it harder. But it just, to me, this whole thing made me realize, like, I like to think I'm an intentional person. This is part of my life where... It, my intentions don't line up with how, what it actually is. So, like, even if my intention is to be bored less, which I don't think is necessarily a terrible intention, um, this isn't helping do that. And so that's no longer, like, that's kind of now a crappy excuse in my book to use it for me because that's it doesn't really help me not be bored. Um, and also it doesn't help me, like, as you said, go through the boredom or understand it. Um, and what was the other thing? 
yeah, when you talk about how it just changes decisions on a mass scale, it make the the documentary made me sad so many ways. And one of the things is that, like, yeah, they say okay, our generation's the first one to grow up without really knowing any different. But I remember hearing a lot that like, the internet allowed the democratization of ideas. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this? Like, yeah. And it makes sense. Everyone now has a voice. Like, to, that's a huge generalization. But you know what I mean. Like, you can write things and post them, and you are no longer really limited to the people in your geographic area who you can see and tell your ideas. And if you have a good idea that is mass appeal and hits at the right other people and gets a little lucky, it can go and your idea can can become the idea of millions of people. Like that is an amazing thing in terms of the democratization of information. I always thought, wow, what a democratizing force. And I think this documentary made a really, really strong case that it's not. And it's not necessarily for that reason that, like, that theory is wrong, but it's for the reason that the internet is not there. Like, someone compared it to a mall. And I thought that was, in the documentary, I thought was, that was really interesting, which is, like, it is this mall, and there is a product, and there is, and it's not just, oh my god, money is bad. I don't understand bad. what you mean by the mall. Like, the internet is not this free exchange of ideas. The internet is a mall. People are making money. Oh, okay. There are Got products it. being sold. And I'm not saying, like, it's profit, it's money, it's therefore bad. But I think it's, it's kind of this social experiment we don't know that we're opting into. I was really appalled to hear that some social medias, like, had tests, like, they would test things on different groups of people and, like, see what was more effective way to advertise. And to me, it was like, you have to ask me before I'm part of your experiment. But the reality is, like, I made an account. Yep. You, but also, they fell. I didn't know. They did ask you, TLDR, like, the terms of service. Yeah. So, the terms of service, that's a whole thing. But really, like, You're right, when it's I come not fair. Case, oh, we're just going to try to be more effective. We're just going to try to more effectively persuade you. There is an extent to which, like, it's really at your expense. And I don't. Yeah, and that just kind of made me really sad and also feel like it's not this democratizing force because, um, I don't know, like, to just go back to the political side, um, this is probably, like, not even related, but I think about this all the time. I took a class and, like, they define politics as the art of the possible. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, like, Plato or someone said that. I really can't remember, which is bad, but... I told that to our dad, and he said, no, never forget, politics is the exertion of power. And watching this movie made me think, whatever you define social media as, really, there's a lot more power dynamics that you maybe don't realize. Like, I would have said, no, I'm, act- I'm in control. I am using the service the way I want to use the service. And I think watching it and then thinking about it made me realize I'm not in control no i'm not using the service the way i want to use the service and also like who really has the power in this situation and it's the companies and that they've increased that by doing experiments to make it easier for them to manipulate people another thing this documentary said is like it's you against a supercomputer that is constantly rewriting its code to be better it's like and targeting you specifically like the supercomputer is the expert on you and you are just like, have you ever, like like I mean, you zombie open the app you zombie scroll and like you you don't even remember opening it right or you uh, you're scrolling and like all of a sudden it goes by and it feels like twenty minutes it's like 
these aren't by accident. It's like, like that's the supercomputer at work, like doing its thing. Like that time when you're in the middle of a video and you have you or a middle of us reading something, and you're like, I have complete control to close this on the next one, right? And then when it's over, all of a sudden that like, all of a sudden you click on the next one and you just go to the next one. You don't even think about it, and you're like, oh, it's, it's like I have enough control. And then you do that like ten times, and all of a sudden you realize, wow, why am I not following my brain? And you realize, oh, it's because because these companies are really good at like knowing what you want to see next and knowing like like creating that dopamine rush of that curiosity and it could be yeah. like it could be like all educational stuff it could be like the best stuff in the world right but there's so much information in the world and you don't realize like how finite your life is that like maybe it's not worth watching that thing and learning that one piece of information when you could read it in one sentence way faster or maybe it's not worth rewatching something, a clip from a movie you've already seen. Like that's literally like doing the same thing twice in your life. And yeah, you might get some entertainment enjoyment out of it. But I also think like the problem with that is there's no end to it. There's an end to a movie. There's an end to a TV show. Yeah, there's no like the end telling you to YouTube like or Twitter or right. Instagram. Like they're saying you'll like this and they're right. And so it's really easy to say, well, what's wrong with that? And I think it goes back to what you're saying before of like humans prioritize things, but also <laughs> there's sort of this losing element of choice when it is like you against a supercomputer that's giving you what you like because you've indicated to it through like all your data and all your time without meaning to that you like it. And so then they show you, you re- you're really going to like this movie clip right now at this time of night. And they might be right, but that might not be how you actually want to spend your time, but the way that they position it and the way they show it, like, and, and, the, and it go- the probability is you're going to click it. And it goes back to the habits thing. If you want to talk about that Atomic Habits book we read and kind of what it was saying about different things, it broke habits down into like their constituent parts. And one part to make a habit stick better is to make it easy. Um, oh my goodness. It's so easy. Exactly. To use social media, like, I'm trying to think of an example. Well, here's an example. I just deleted all my social media after watching the movie and then was asked to post something. On Instagram? Um, yeah, for our family. And so I was like, okay, I will re-download it all. And it re-logs me back in to every account. Automatically? Without, like, one was like, I connected to your Google. One said, you know, you've had this on your phone before. It was the easiest. And I remember there are times I've been locked out, no password, can't access email, and it's taken hours to get into these accounts. This time it was literally like, okay, yeah, here you go. You're in. It couldn't have been easier. Like, it doesn't give you time to evaluate your choice. because, Like, I think that's part of it. Um, and so I kind of, if you don't mind, like, I want to talk about the other thing, which is, okay, I've realized I spend too much time on social media. I've realized the things that I have done to limit my time have are like not working. And I've realized that the odds are kind of stacked against me, like you said. So using the habits, like how do I make it really easy not to do that? Right. Sorry. Come again. I think that's important. Say that again. Okay. So basically I am now trying to build habits in the other direction. How do I fight the fact that it's really easy to go on and make it really hard? And how do I make it really easy to keep the habit of 
only using limited amounts of time on social media and only using it for like specific intentions. Yeah. Because before what I had were time limits on my phone. But that being said, it does kind of feel like you open up these Pandora's boxes. You're talking about screen you say, time, only... right? So not specifically screen time because I really do think the phone, like phones connect you to people if you're using them correctly and also like in lockdown i think that's really important um so like i will not be getting rid of my phone i will not be doing limits on the time i spend on my phone but i think social media specifically but screen like, time you can say hey this I'm certain app YouTube i will that. i'm now including pinterest on screen time you can say this certain app i only want to use 15 minutes a day that's not hard to do i've done that then you can click never mind so the they make it really easy to override. Exactly. It. And that's my, that's what was going to be my point. Like, this time features just feel bad make it, and then I do it, but I feel bad. The ones it. on the actual phone make it way too easy to override because honestly, like, just putting in a password is like no barrier at all. So, on um, the it is like, like, for the ones I know I use way too much, um, I limit it to one day a week and then I set up a thing on my like computer that literally will not let me go to certain websites six days of the week okay Okay. um and it'll let me the seventh day and i still have to set it up every week so like i could still do it but like for the most part like it's really hard to go around it without like completely like uninstalling the application and that's too much work right i made it harder um and even then like i don't know how well it would work would you recommend the application yeah so i use self-control on the mac i guess um but you don't have a mac so it probably wouldn't work as well but um there's a thing called self-control. It looks like a spade with a skull inside. It's very uh, ominous, which is what you want. Um, and I literally just set it where it's like certain websites I know that I go to. Um, the, w- the way I know not a website should be on there is if I go to there without thinking. So if like I, if I zombie get mm-hmm. to that website, I know it's like one that should be on there. And honestly, like even ones like LinkedIn are like that right now. Um, and oh, I, love LinkedIn, I, I do yeah. too. And now for, um, and the way I have thought about that is um, like if I go on LinkedIn, it's more for work so on my work computer, which it isn't blocked on. Right. So the, not yeah. right, but that, that's kind of the idea. And then on my, so on my computer, I can only do that on like Saturdays and then same with like a few others like YouTube and Twitter and other stuff, but like, and then on my phone, I just don't have the apps at all. So it makes it harder. And yeah, I can still probably get to it from a web browser. And sometimes I do, if I really need to see something, but it's still just like a pain and I'm not logged into my own account on my phone on the web browser. And once you're not logged into your own account, like it doesn't give you all the recommendations, which make you like stay on. So that helps a lot. Um, So, so like, yeah. Have you ever logged on to, sorry, have you ever gone onto YouTube when you weren't logged in and seen what they recommend? Yeah. It's just like, it's, it's more of the popular stuff. I'm like, I don't want to watch any of these things. It's, but it's just, it kind of cracks me up. I'm like, wow, when it's not targeted, like none of these entice me. They're all just like very random. Um, What's other ways to make it harder? Um, What's other ways? Do you delete? Sorry. So I've actually gone back to what I realized I had undone that we talked about. This is crazy. Was it last summer? Like not this summer, but last summer that we did an episode on the notifications where you only have it when you scroll down. When you only have it when you scroll down. What do you mean scroll down? You know, like it doesn't pop up on oh, your screen. Oh, like it only happens when you, you open to, like, notification to, center. You have to go to look at yeah. Not- yeah. I went back to that for a couple apps. Um. Yeah. No. I. 
honestly like I've turned more and more like on emails. since that conversation and after that conversation almost everything went off and by everything going off I mean yeah. like I turned off all notifications except for text messages and and and, and no more red dots red dots are bad on your phone is like one thing I've oh that I yeah that I still have off too maybe there's like one on um but it's not messages even messages I know I have to go into messages to look at the new messages um I leave it on for an app I have when I have to take medications. And it is so noticeable when you have one on your phone and you have it. And none yeah, of the no, other ones. Like it pops. really draws my attention, which is the point. Yeah, so you can only imagine. Them. And, and like, honestly, remember. it like decluttered my life in a lot of ways when I did that. I was really happy with that. I think I've, we've already talked about this. Um, I'm not like there are apps that I do have on my phone, like Instagram that I like delete and then we'll re-upload. And that's a way I can get out of the cycle of breaking. And have you- did the movie make you want to delete any accounts? No, but I, 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 I don't know. You can delete your Facebook account. They don't really delete it. I, I don't know how much I believe in deleting accounts because, like, it's on the internet forever anyway. That even makes me more yeah. mad. Um, that it's sort of like they make it like you don't even have an incentive to get rid of it. Yeah. Oh, no, it's Facebook's anyway. business model. Like, that's how they're... Their incentives are aligned for advertising, which I don't think is but what I think, the okay, user's the incentive. This movie, this movie kept saying, well, the business model. I want to clarify that, like, that is not a normal business model. What do you mean? Like, I'm trying to think of what to equate it to. Because a lot of that movie, I could see someone critiquing it with, this is just kind of anti-capitalist. Like, these businesses are just really good at what they do. And they've made a lot of money. And that in of itself is not bad. And I think, like, there's a lot in the movie about the effect of it being bad and the lack of control being bad and the lack of, like, consumers actually knowing what we're doing and the manipulation. And I also think, like, Facebook's business model, like you're saying, we're saying things that are basically, um, I don't know enough econ to really use the word monopoly, I would say, but, like, the fact that we're literally saying, oh, well, we wouldn't consider deleting our account because we know they never okay, actually well, did okay. it. Okay, that's a bad... Like, what is that, another that... product where you could never get rid of bad... it? Because they literally have made it so you can't get rid of it. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm trying. That's to, not just a normal. Okay, business no, model. that's a really good point. I was trying to think of a good reason. That is not a good reason. Um, honestly, like I feel like I it might be useful later. That's why I don't delete it. Um, no, or, that, I mean, that's fine. Or, if it's I really not, think about it, I'm not coming like, at this saying it's wrong. These to have are, media like still. You, you talk about the power in politics. Like there's power in these apps, and honestly, like. I don't want to lose the power of having my Instagram handle or blank handle be a certain thing. Like if I delete it, I lose that. Right. I feel like deleting it takes a step back and like I lose versus win. Um, Whereas I win if I just like don't use it or only use it for the things that I think it's useful for. This documentary took the bad side of everything, but they did take a few times to acknowledge that like social media is amazing. I like, our phones and social media have done amazing things. I think there's a lot of good in them too. And that's why, like you, you said, I'm not, you, you said yourself, I'm not getting rid of um, all of them off my phone. And it's cause like, I don't know. It's Instagram's actually a great place to message people that like, like that you don't have their phone number yeah. for. Um, and like, that's why I'll redownload it so I can message somebody and then like re and then redelete it after I start to fall back into that scrolling pattern. Um, like there's different things like that that I think you, you gotta have to balance it being useful and it's really hard and I don't think you should leave it up to willpower. You should like really actively like make it harder for yourself to use these apps 
or to get the positive reinforcement from them, like through notifications, through like they call it the cue of the habit, like what cues your habit. So like a great example is mm -hmm. um, when your phone buzzes, that is a cue. It's cueing your um, it's cueing your mind to be like, hey, oh, now I'm curious what's on my phone. Right. Um, and then mm -hmm. after that, you start to go through the other parts of the habit describe it i'm trying to stall for i ha i just had it open yeah so the the, fir the first one's a cue and then the second's the craving like after you see the phone buzz you're like oh i'm super curious like i'm craving whatever's like on this and that's actually where the yeah. dopamine comes out the dopamine doesn't come out when you read the text it comes out before you read the text to make you read the text um and then the yeah. third is the response which is you actually do it and then the fourth is the reward, which is sometimes it's satisfying. It doesn't even have to be all the time. It can be one in a hundred times it's satisfying. And you, and like, that's how, that's literally how like gambling works, right? It like every hundredth time it's satisfying and that drives you to keep going yeah, like another hundred times. And you might not like all the things on it. It doesn't even matter. You just have to like, like one and then it makes you want to, okay, what if I reload it again? There might yeah. be another and, and thing. And the, the thing with how, so like if you think of social media and you're like, you, you do it too much, in some ways it's a bad habit. So how do you break that? You make the cue invisible, right? You turn off notifications, right? You make it less obvious, right? How do you make the craving go down? You make it unattractive, right? You, and that, that's a little bit harder to do with social media. But like mm, the third- Interesting. Maybe every time I check it, I have to do a burpee. Yeah, that, 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 there, there's a good example, right? That, that, that makes it unattractive. Um, another one is the response, make it difficult. I, I feel like that falls more in terms of the making it, the response, making it difficult. So that's more like make it so it's really hard to open the app. Like you have to re-download it. Or maybe I'm, you're using software like on my computer called self-control where I literally cannot open the website and like have to go through a lot of effort on my computer doing backdoor stuff to like stop that. Um, mm -hmm. And then like, and then the fourth one is uh, the reward, make it unsatisfying. So like that's a little bit harder because like social media in of itself is satis is satisfying. That's that's on the that's on the other end, right? That's on the end of the of Instagram. But and yeah. they, but there are certain things you can do to like make it a little bit better in terms of your stuff. And then but what's amazing is like this is super useful in terms of creating habits too. And I know we already talked about the Atomic Habits book, which is what I'm reading from yeah. for these different things on a different episode. We've, so, so we've probably already talked about that. But if you're curious and you're interested, go back and listen to that episode. Um, it's like one of the earlier ones. I think it was our second or first or second book review. Um, but like you, you can do the opposite. You can make things easier. You can make things less difficult um, to get to make a new habit, right? Like, See, that's the Whatever other good thing I habit you think want. about is it's kind of this catch 22 if we're saying like I want to be like it sounds terrible I want to be bored more or I want to like deal with my boredom more but the best way to break a habit is really kind of to replace it right with something else but the last yeah. thing I want to do is just replace it unless it's something I'm really I really do prioritize one thing I've tried to do is substitute like more uh like going on my computer for reading and trying to substitute that mm -hmm. habit I haven't been very successful at that because you think they're very similar in terms of their uh, what they are doing because you're both spending time like looking at something and like spending time entertaining yourself in, in some ways. But I guess I haven't figured out a way to like, you kind of have to make that transition, right? So maybe like, yeah, you have to figure out how to convert that. Um, and I, I haven't been successful at that. But that's another reason I think it's like good to give yourself time to think because you evaluate and you think of new strategies. Um, also, like a lot of people like talk about journaling as an important thing. Like that's, 
I, I think that's very similar to like going for a walk and thinking because you're like, you're talking with yourself or you're talking against the page and because it's in front of you and out there, you come to conclusions more quickly and it's weird. I feel like your mind is more likely to lie to you or you're, you lie to your mind or you tell yourself something that isn't fully true to make yourself feel better. But when you write it down, I feel like the truth comes out even more. Like you write down, it's kind of like the difference between like you talk to your friend and you give them advice, but you don't follow that own advice for your own mm. life. Um, but if you write it down, like all of a sudden it's a lot like talking to your friend, even though that friend is yourself. Does that make sense? Wait, that's so interesting. Like people talk about white lies, but it really like, I've always found the best way I sort through problems and feelings is talking to other people about them. Not necessarily, I don't even mean like, oh, I have a problem with this person. Let's talk it out. I just mean like, I'm upset and I call you, Sebi, and say, I'm upset, like, blah, 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 blah. Right. Um, and it is sort of like, it wouldn't hurt you if you called, like, it would be such a white lie if you called and I said, oh, I'm fine. I'm not upset at all. Like, it only hurts me. But at the same time, it's kind of hard. And maybe that's a bad example because people always say, oh, I'm good, whatever. But like, if you ask me about something specific... I would have a hard time saying it or writing it down that's the opposite of the truth. But in my head, it's really easy to just say, oh, like, don't think about that. Or, oh, don't. Yeah, that seems right. And then, like, writing it down or saying and, it out loud, or, that's hard. I feel like we're de- beating a dead horse a little bit, so we should change gears. But just okay. to put a cherry on top of that, like, that's why I think it's important to be bored. Because, like, by being bored, you have to face those truths more so than when you're constantly keeping yourself busy or your mind free from those types that type of thinking cool yeah I agree. okay so like another thing i want to talk about is like fake news propagated by social media uh the, the thing that like the kicker that i keep coming back to is social media uh these uh social media is a big concept but basically like news organizations on um, the democratization of information has also been the democratization of misinformation and mm. Yeah. The big thing, everybody's like, oh, we're so split in today's society. Like, it's so bad. And everyone's like, why are we split? And it's like, oh, well, we're going more towards the extremes, right? That's why, like, the news sources are very spe- specified towards a certain per- type of person. And, and like, I always thought, oh, that's a great answer. But why are the news newscasters and why are the, like, information on social media, why is that so split in the first place? Like, what is causing that mm-hmm. to be more towards the mm-hmm. edge? And I'm a huge fan of the idea, even though it's not, it's unpopular. And I feel like this documentary proves it a little bit more is like what you input into your life is what you're going to believe. Like everybody's like, Oh, I have enough freak. I have enough control to like control what I believe. But like, I'm very sorry, but if you only watch Fox news, you're a hell of a lot less likely to be a Democrat. Um, like your, what you input is what you end up believing. Right. And if you watch all of them, then like, yeah, you may have a little bit more control, but most people like are only getting their sources from a few people. And it's because it's very, it's so easy. We were talking about how easy it is. It's so easy to like unfollow somebody or follow somebody based on what they believe if it's a little bit closer to what you believe. So if somebody says something outrageous that you think, oh, that is so like outrageous. And then because it's really far away from you, then you no longer follow that person but you forget, but that might've just been one of the more outrageous things they said. And in fact, like 
now that you don't see their inputs at all, now you really aren't pulled in that direction mm-hmm. and you're pulled in the direction yeah. you believe a little bit more. And that slowly pulls you further and further towards the edges. But then you're like, okay, then why are people talking at the edges? Why are people giving statements that are at the extremes as opposed to in the middle? Like, why aren't people putting in the middle? And the answer is people are putting in the middle, but what's getting traction is the stuff on the edges. And you're like, okay, why are we getting traction on the edges? And the answer is because it's more outrageous. And you're like, oh, but these companies. Can I also add another bit wait, to that? I, I'm not quite done. So you're like, but these companies, like, what, like they're controlling through their algorithm what gets put out, right? So they can control and put everything out at, and democratize how they're putting everything out and put everything out at an even playing field, right? And that still wouldn't make people separate. So what's happening? It's like, oh, the algorithm's putting the extreme stuff out and not the middle stuff. And you're like, but why are they putting out the extreme stuff? Like, why is the algorithm choosing that? And it's because, well, people are inherently more likely to click the outrageous stuff because they have a feeling towards it. They, they have like a personal, um, like their feelings come out and they're more likely to comment. They're more likely to like engage in dialogue if it's extreme. Um, but the problem is now all this extreme stuff appears And these people who don't have an opinion on it see the extreme stuff and start believing that. And all of a sudden you get a slow shift. And those extreme people are who ends up voting people into office. And now you're getting politicians in office that are more on that extreme side. Um, And all of a sudden, like, it's slowly separating the seas. Um, And the reason these companies are doing this, and this is what the documentary said that I thought was so interesting and I thought was the best explanation for fake news that I've ever read is they put it out because like they get more they are the algorithm is and the algorithm isn't like written everybody thinks of an algorithm as like an equation that they write out it's like no this is machine learning which is um imagine like a huge machine with a bunch of dials on the front of it like a hundred let's say there's a a hundred a thousand dials there are a big number of dials and the inputs are the information and the outputs are what information do we give to what people and literally what they do is the there are all the wires cross inside and connect to the dials and then go out like a few wires on the other side. And the people, they basically, the computer just dials the dials and slightly changes all the dials and feeds it to somebody and sees if they stay on the app longer. And then they're like, oh, this person stayed on the app longer. I think I liked the way I turned these dials. This is a better situation. I'm going to give it to a hundred other people. Or they turn the dials and it's worse for a hundred people. And they're like, oh, this one's not as good. We're gonna throw it away. And they basically cycle this over and over and over again, slightly adjusting the dials. But by the time they get to the end, they don't know what the inside of this black box is. They know, they can see where all the wires cross, but they don't necessarily know what it's doing, right? They just know that people are watching it longer. What they've optimized for, and like you've done the calculus equations for optimization. It's like that, but way more complicated. like what they're optimizing for is watch time because if somebody watches longer, they see more ads. It's very simple, but, and they make more money. And by making more money, they survive longer, which let's be real, like, isn't the person's fault. It's the, it's the purpose of a business. The purpose of a business is not to die. Um, and I think all of a sudden, the thing that pe- make people stay and watch longer is this extreme stuff um, because it creates more of a dialogue and it creates more of a like feeling and connection and all of a sudden you have like you have our today's society of like the split and it's through i don't think any one person's fault or any one uh company's fault although there are definitely companies that propagate it more than others with with the social media companies probably being at the top of that list 
but I don't think it's their fault or their or their uh, people's fault. It's like they 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 just took the technology and were figure out a really good way to make money with it. Like my point is, I think it was inevitable that this was going to happen, given like the way our innovation and propagated through the 20th century and now we kind of have to deal with the ramifications of it and i think this documentary is a good way to like put the brakes on a little bit because it allows you to look at it from like what's actually happening beneath the hood yeah and i think we have to deal with both the ramifications and like that that's the machines still like learn you know like that's still the model and I think there are ways to control for it. And you kind of have to like, yeah, on the back end, unfortunately, like it's now on the person, the uh, consumer, it's not on. And a lot of people. Well, it's uh, also on the government who protects consumers. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm less of a firm believer in that than you are. I know, but because you I, are also because... someone who votes. So it's also on you to tell the government. Like, does that make yeah, sense? No, like, it totally just... is. But I, I'm not. It's not that I don't trust the government. It's just that I think. I don't know if the government is going to be successful at that, but honestly, like, or honestly, I think the people who are even less successful and less likely to help are those businesses in of themselves. I don't think it's on them to create a better one because like, yeah, which in some ways they do in a huge way. Like they're responding to incentives. Yeah. They're just playing the game and they're like playing at the top level and the government kind of has to come in, you know, the government thinks its job is to come in and protect the consumer. And I think a lot of times they do that, but I'm also on the big thing is it takes time and maybe something they do ends up making the system worse. Um, yeah. And but, so, so, oh, so I like looking at it. Of action on a, action. Everything that I feel like is successful is on the end is when you near, like everything we've learned is when you take it down to the micro scale. Like, like most of science, like they didn't, they don't look at how dinosaurs work. They look how to how the cell works. And that explains how the dinosaur works. It's probably better for a human, right? They don't explain, you don't explain how aluminum works. You focus in on the individual atom and that explains how aluminum works, right? Um, like, honestly, like it's so, that's why chemistry and like physics and all this stuff is- How like, does that translate to non-chemistry? Like, can you give a non- well, like What I'm thinking otherwise? for in terms of this is like, it's not on the corporations or the government to like, fix this although i would argue they think it is and in some ways they should do something about it because it does affect a lot of people i think it's on my it's on my plate to be like hey i'm gonna take my individual and set up stuff so that i don't overuse social media that's what i mean when i say like bring it down to the to the individual and then one good thing i think is like that's how things grow right like if you solve it for one person let's say somebody like me figures out a way that they do it really effectively and they get really good at, at balancing the equation of the good of social media versus the bad. They can now build a company with that idea and sell that software, or sell that idea or sell that um, whatever it is to people and create a more positive good in the world. And like, and if it actually does cut down on the bad stuff in people's lives and increase the good stuff, people are going to buy that. And all of a sudden, like, you have the wonders of the greatness of capitalism going in your favor and actually helping society move forward and address the problems that we're encountering in day-to-day life. And like, so, well, I think it can be all of the above. Yeah. You know, I think you should do that. And I think there's power in that. And then I think that a seven year old who has an iPhone should also like, but I also like, don't, you know, I also think like not everybody has, I think most people 
including myself, don't have enough willpower. I struggle with it every day too, right? And I just, I think this documentary really showed me that, like, I think really strongly of my willpower and I think a lot of self-discipline and, like, I'm bad at it. But it really, like, the fact that the machine is learning about you, like, it is machine learning about your habits to optimize, like, that's, and do you, is, like, do you the, think your willpower is pretty good, me. though? I do, but I, the, the fact that this basically was, like, no, but it's stacked against you. Like, it's not... So you're, you're more fight. like the willpower is good, but like their willpower is even better because they like get the machine doing it. I mean, it. that's how I'd like to think about it. But um, because I do think if someone just asks, oh, am I doing the most I can to stop my social media use? Like, well, maybe it's not your fault. And also maybe it's not like, does that kind of make sense? Like if you have the app downloaded and you're like, well, I'll do all I can while having it downloaded. I feel like that's a different game than I'll do whatever I can while it's not downloaded. Like, I feel like they're really good at once it's downloaded, like, making. I, like, again, I really feel like there are limits to the addiction example. But it is kind of, like, you would never say to someone who's addicted, like, well, just stop. Just have more willpower. Like, there is yeah. a point where it's, like, brain chemistry that someone is addicted. And so I think it's really problematic to tell, like, someone who's really young or someone who's really, like, addicted or someone, like, oh, well, it's on you. Because like this made me worried about the levels of um how close it is to like addiction and just to being automatic that it's not like we'll choose to use social media less it's like well it's actually really really automatic to use and you might be zombie like you you might not be making a choice at all and i mean i've taken so much political philosophy and so much economics where people have tried to make arguments about well this person didn't really have the choice and this was actually i think stronger than most of those arguments i've heard like most of the other examples of like, well, it's really good to say everyone has a choice, but if you don't actually have the agency, it's really just not fair to like unleash what you think is choice. Like, oh no, so agency is really a little key. bit more complicated than that. Like, no, I, the classic is. example like, is like every, I think it was like a good percentage of the people of the soldiers in Vietnam were, uh, uh, I think it was cocaine. Um, like they basically were having it all the time because there wasn't much else to do. And like, and they were so worried that when they would come home, like they'd all still continue to do it. But what they realized is in scenery, most ended up just dropping at the moment they came back. And it's like, were they really addicted in the sense of that word when they went, if when they came back, they just like stopped and no, it's just, it was a habit. And when they came back, they broke that habit because it was a lot harder to get. I habits are powerful in an agency way they are if the things are lined up but like i think like we 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 can uh, yeah no but, but I, 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 I agree with, i agree That's with your i agree with your idea that, that like i'm just saying people, we should be careful and yeah. just saying it's on people to choose because there is an amount of like the odds yeah, no, your right. agency and i do think like and part of that is just okay so i'm gonna build really strong self-discipline in terms of like how I set up my habit, like you no, said, like I'm, I'm literally but, just going to delete things. I'm yeah, gonna like make it really. But I don't hard. think that's self discipline. I think that's being, that's more working hard, working smart instead of working hard. When I think self discipline, I think like willpower, and I think working hard to push against doing something. And I think that's a recipe for failure because, yeah, you can have all the self discipline in the world, like. It's still against a supercomputer, right? I you, think we're you talking work, different like, definitions of self-discipline. But yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, but I think like 
That's a really, I think that's an interesting discussion. Was there other stuff to do with the social dilemma that you wanted to talk about? No, but I have one other thing. Yeah. Am I good to go? Yeah. Okay, so this actually tied into something we said, and now I'm not going to remember my segue that I had. Um, oh, we were talking about Sorry. curiosity. Part of when you reload a social media is, like, you're curious. Part of when you, like, yeah. watch a video is because you're And I think humans I mean, are argue curious. Once you get a, a text thing. message and you, you're curious, you're curious on what it's going to say. Course, it could be anybody. You know? I'm curious what other people's phone buzzes. I think it's just some sort of human nature. So this is actually something that I read um, in a book that gave this advice as a way to stimulate your curiosity. And I think it's, first of all, a much healthier way to do it. Um, And it was sort of interesting to think, like, as you get older, I feel like people stop rewarding curiosity as obviously, maybe. Or, like, when I think curiosity, I think of a kid. And that's kind of sad because people are curious all their lives. And I think humans are naturally curious. But I do think there is something about, like, you're supposed to have maybe more structured time. You have more specific things to do that if you just said, oh, like, I'm really curious. What about this other thing? Um, Like, maybe that occurs less. There's less space for that. But the advice specifically, now I'm just going off on curiosity, um, was from a guy named Alex counts and the book was changing the world without losing your mind and his advice was basically do something you're bad at like always have something like a hobby that you are not good at and he said that his theory is like this stimulates his sort of curiosity and also is just kind of a practice of humility sounds really formal but just like knocks you back down to this level of wait wait I have to be curious to keep learning because I'm bad at this um, and it also ties into, I know we've talked about the, this is like advice because like the theory is that our Enneagram type is really good. This is the three at figuring out what you're good at and then sort of like playing to that strength and like reflecting that part of you so that other people see that mm-hmm. and you don't want to show things you're bad at. And I do think that's also part of human nature. I'm sure everyone feels that like, why would you want to? actively do something you're bad at um as like a liberating way to copy um and just like a liberating life thing is like what am I doing that I'm bad at and am I actively looking to do things that I'm bad at and like is it building my curiosity I have a lot to say um and also growth mindset sorry I'm gonna tie that back in yeah that's important oh can we talk about that afterward I want to skip the creativity argument or I mean creativity discussion for curiosity discussion curiosity and creativity discussion for next episode Um, because I think we should set homework and you should watch this the most seen TED talk on TED talks is called do schools kill creativity and it's basically a guy talking about how um, when why kids are so like curious and then how they like almost falls out of them in the future um and it's really interesting and has some good arguments i'd love to talk to you about um and then what was the second part you talked about and then like yeah i've actually been thinking about growth mindset and fixed mindset a lot over the last month as well so what did you want to like talk about in regards to that basically i'm convinced that you should have a growth mindset based on everything i've read but Mm -hmm. I realized recently that like these things that I haven't been doing would actually be really helpful in order to do it. Like it's easier said than done, basically. Like I agreed with it. And then 
there are ways that I think I've been working against it. So an example is doing something you're bad at. I would say I am pretty notorious in our family for being bad at cooking. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, uh, I, yeah, I don't like saying that, but yeah. Okay, but like that's that's the reputation. And it's also, so now that's sort of one of the things I'm trying to do, even though you're bad at, like because it's humble. Oh, I get and what you're saying. it makes me curious because I'm learning new things. And instead of saying, oh, my goodness, I'm so behind where I should be in this thing. And instead of setting the expectation that I'll, like, get to the right point or be better or avoiding doing it, it's sort of something that's kind of, like, I'm just approaching it with humor. Like, it's funny. to I'm just, I try things. And it so I'm a firm believer in a lot of success and a lot of things that you do that provide value in the life of others you shouldn't beat around a bush and do something that you're not good at. You should focus on things you're really good at, combine them in a good way. And that's when you actually like really rise up and create a big impact. Um, I firmly believe that, but I also agree. Like you, you got to believe you can do it. You, you gotta like, you gotta have that growth mindset where you're like, I am good at this. Right. And, and like, and you are good at it and you do it. And I think cooking is a good example of the counterpoint, which is, like for things that I think are less impactful or less important, at least is the way I look at it for my own life. Like everybody's different is I don't think you should tell yourself I'm bad at X. Like, like when you said I'm bad at cooking, w- would you agree with that? Like the reason I struggled is because I don't have a fixed mindset where I'm like, you're bad at cooking. It's more like, no, you have you're historically just, been bad at you, cooking. Maybe. No, now, yes, you, <laughs> exactly. No, 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 different. Not it's more like you've historically not cooked well, but that doesn't mean that you can't improve and cook well in the future. That doesn't mean you're cooking well now. I don't know if you're cooking well now. Maybe, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. But the, um, on as someone who didn't cook, honestly, like when you put us next to each other, I was a much better cook growing up, but I still, I was not a good cook. Let's be real. Um, whereas I feel like I'm actually still not a good cook, but I'm not a bad cook anymore. And I'm starting to learn more. And it's because I'm like putting a lot of effort into it. And I'm always thinking about it in terms of like, I like good food. I want to be able to cook well. And therefore I like, I'm going to get better at it as I like do it more and more and more. Um, okay, I feel like cooking is a bad example because part of this argument of why you shouldn't you're bad at is like, you'll get good at it and then you choose something else. Like, I feel like cooking's kind of like. No, but like my point is like, there are certain things that like, uh, like let's say, I, it's actually I a wanna, skill. let's say there's a pain. I want to like learn to paint and be a painter. Like, I don't think I should become a professional painter and drop everything to be a professional painter because I have no experience at it and I'm not very good at it in my perspective right well, now. Would it be a waste of your time to take a painting class, even if you're literally terrible at it? I'm saying no, it would make you actually more curious and humble, maybe. Yes, but I think you should still really focus on what you're good at and do that more So is there the anything in your life that you do that you are actively... And I, okay... Maybe however we want to phrase it, like not that you're bad at it, but that you do poorly at the thing objectively. It's okay if not. I'm just saying this is something that shocked me. I was like, everything in me is like, I will do the things I'm good at or the things that I have to do. (laughs) I think cooking is a good example, but you said it isn't. So let's try to think of another one. You have to cook or eat out or starve. No, I don't have to cook. You can... You can, like, you can survive in this world super easily just by, like, 
getting takeout or getting stuff from grocery stores that's super easy to make and not actually putting effort into making a good meal. Like, it's not that hard. Um, okay, like, you've seen the cooked chickens, rotisserie chickens, like, in grocery stores. You Like, they are. And literally, like, you know how easy it is to pick one of those up and, like, you got dinner? Like, whereas I, like, get the chicken, cook it, mix it with spices. Like, like I do the hard way. Because oh, wow. I'm, yeah. Um, so, what's something that's... Um, yeah, no, you're right. It is a lot harder. Um, I don't know. I'm probably not that good at, I don't know. I'm not a good runner, but I still run. And like, I don't know if that's a good example either. Versus, or is there is there a comparative thing you could do for the same amount of exercise that you would be better at? Like, I feel like that's sort of, uh, I don't even know if that's the case. Yeah, that's a, I, I don't that's think a that's, good example. No, I, I don't think that like is a good example. But, but like, I don't know. My but point is I'm not a professional runner. And like, but that's, the, that's not what I mean. Yeah, I know. Even. Okay. Um, it's, it's okay if your answer is no. I kind of, it took me a while to think of something. No, I, I agree. I like the idea of you should get do something you're not good at to like be humble, humbled and to be, um, I like that as like a paradox. It's like do something you don't like to improve. What was the main reason? To like be curious, to like. Yeah. Oh, it kind of builds your curiosity. Actually, like, I, I can't think. Uh, I feel like I did do this recently. What's an example? Like, I feel like I've approached college where I've done a lot of things that I've never done before. Necessarily, like I picked things I had never done before, but I thought I'd be good at them. Not, Does that make sense? There are a couple of things I picked that I knew I would be bad at, and I was correct that they were memorizing is something that I'm not at. very. And that was humbling. Memorizing is something I'm not very good at that I like do lots of days to try to get better to try to like do anyway mm-hmm. um so there's an example there, there was an, yeah i i no joke remember thinking to myself oh i'm going to do this because i'm not good at it and like yeah and, and like it'll give me like yeah and, and it'll push me to be like more growth in this particular area i'm forgetting what it is though like memorizing yeah, yeah, it's it's escaping me. But yeah, no, I, I know what you're talking about. I like that. But my, my big point is you shouldn't waste all of your time. I argue you shouldn't even waste most of your time working, doing stuff that you're not good at. Yeah, okay, so, so that let's was wrap it up. on my list. Cool. Well, at the same time. Um, yeah, no, that was everything on my list as well. Um, so let's do a quick uh, just recap on everything we talked about and then we'll get on with our days. Do you want to go first? You start. Okay. Um, well, happy November. This was our October monthly episode, I guess, because it comes out early November, about um, the things that we have been thinking about this month and wanted to talk through. And so that included, for me, a lot about the social dilemma. For Sevi, also a lot about the social dilemma. <laughs> and then we talked about why you should maybe do something you're bad at um, and just other various topics. Now I'm blanking. That's bad. I'm okay. Sorry. Cool. So we started by talking about like, like thinking to on about what like thinking to oneself, and we talked a lot about boredom, um, and then we connected that with the social dilemma and things like uh, addicted to your phone notifications. We probably should have talked a little bit more about things you can do to help, but maybe if anyone yeah. has any ideas, please email me. Yeah. That's, um, I don't know. Us. Maybe next month I'll have a better idea of what um, things I can do. Then we talked, we also talked about like addiction to our phones and like notifications and and how the habits work. That. Um, and maybe addiction isn't the right word. And then fake news propagated by social media. And then we like ended on and like Annabelle 
talked a little bit about like creativity and curiousness and how like maybe that leaves some person over time. And I had a lot to say, but we decided to table that for next time. Um, and I recommend everybody watching the most popular TED talk of all time by Sir Ken Robbins um, on titled do schools creativity. Um, and like, you may be like, Oh, it's a TED talk. It's boring. There's a reason it's the top TED doc. This guy is very engaging. It is a quite a spiel. In fact, I want to watch it right after this, this call because of it. You should too as well, Ms. Bell. Um, this is more than 30 seconds, but anyway, and then we ended off by talking about um, uh, like it, doing something that you're like not good at, like Annabelle said. Cool. Cool. Have a wonderful day, Ms. Bell. Yeah. Happy November. Happy Bye. November, everyone.